بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته والحمد لله we welcome you all to another edition of the program Living the Legacy Alhamdulillah. Now, in the previous program last week, we learned more about financial literacy and emotional independence with our guest, Sister Aisha Hule. And today, inshallah, we're exploring another legacy. There are so many different ways that we can live a legacy and leave it behind. Today, we're exploring the legacy of mentorship and role models. Allow me to introduce you to our esteemed guest on today's program and to the topic that we'll be covering. Our guest today is Alima and current student of Deen, a founder and principal of Madrasa Hasinul Islam, Mu'allima Hasina Ali. Mu'allima will be taking us through this topic of mentorship and role models. Now, mentors and role models play a vital role to our youth. And through mentorship and through healthy role models, our children, our youth, have the experience or the opportunity to experience, to witness, to observe firsthand on a very practical level um, how they can um, how they can build their lives, how they can grow themselves, how they can ultimately get closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and live lives in His obedience. And if it is mentorship that is unwholesome, mentorship that is not in accordance with the Qur'an and the Sunnah, then that can be a mentorship that can be destructive. And so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us, our children, and our progeny until the day of Qiyamah with mentors and with role models who are spiritually nourishing, who are uplifting, sincere, honest, kind, compassionate, and on the way of the deen. Ameen. Today, we speak to our esteemed guest, Mu'ali Mahasina Ali, about mentors and role models and the roles they play. Mu'allima, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Radio Islam. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah for having me today. Such a pleasure, Mu'allima. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. We're very grateful for your time. We we understand you are a busy person, mashallah, and having many roles to play in community. So we are grateful to be chatting to you on this topic. And at the time that this topic will uh, program will air will be um, just before around mid-December. So schools, madrasas will be rounding up, closing or have closed by then in many instances. It will also be a time when many parents... Uh, um, get to spend more time with their children. Whereas in the school year, it's just those few hours uh, coming back from madrasa until bedtime and a bit of time in the weekends. And then our kids have tuition and extra sports and classes. Mm-hmm. The holiday time, especially December holidays, is a chance for our kids to really uh, spend more time with their parents and parents and get to learn more about their kids. So this topic will be really interesting. And I'm wondering if we can dive right into it. And perhaps you can take us back to the basics, please. We hear the terms role model and mentors. If I can ask you, firstly, what is the difference between the role model and a mentor? Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. 
So basically, a role model is someone that you aspire to be like, right? Uh, that can be either a teacher, a parent, uh, you know, someone that you want to imitate and somebody that you want to be like, right? And um, and on the other hand, a mentor basically teaches you how to become the best version of yourself. Again, also, a mentor is someone who can show you a good example, teach you best practices in terms of perhaps um, whatever faculty that you are in to be the best teacher, to be the best sportsman and so on, right? So the thing with the role model is that um, some role models, they have, okay, so basically people will look up to your uh, sportsman and things like that, right? And people just want to be like them. And sometimes they have good traits and sometimes not so good traits, sometimes destructive ones as well. So basically, if you are in sync with that person or you like that person, you will basically follow either the good and bad. But the mentor is someone who wants to see you be the best of yourself and take you from where you are to the next level. So there is a bit of a difference, right? So the mentor is someone who... Um, you know, pushes positivity, and that's where you choose who your mentor is. And the role model basically is that person um, who you kind of, if I can say in inverted commas, idolize and want to be like them, irrespective of their traits and characteristics. Yes. Wow. All right. So that that makes it really, really clear. Alhamdulillah. And then, if you were to summarize, Malima, what would you say? Um, you know, within a society, uh, uh, how important is this role model and the mentors in our society? Uh, are they, in today's time and day and age, do they play an important role still? Yes, subhanAllah, it is important for us to actually have these personalities in our lives, you know, and um, because we all need to look up to someone, you know, we all need to draw that positivity from someone, be it your role model, be it, um, you know, a mentor. And I think the key is us choosing the right ones, you know. Um, but yes, it's really important for us to still have them. And they are still, you know, um, okay, what's the word? They are still important in our day-to-day -day lives because, subhanAllah, us as Muslims, we look up to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was the greatest person who has ever, who has ever lived, you know. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and you look into the situations that he was in and you kind of look at what you time of the Sahabiyat and so on. So you can say, okay, fine, but um, they also were in the same position as I was. How did they handle it, right? And it also kind of gives you that, um, that, that feeling that I'm not alone. Others have also through it. And I think the great thing of having, uh, you know, a mentor is that they kind of showing you that, uh, you know, I when I was on the same path as you, I have made these mistakes. So now you don't have to actually do that because I've been there. So the mentor is going to show you, um, uh, give you an easier path without you having to cross, you know, uh, storms and, and, and hurricanes and so on. Basically making it easier for you because they've been there they've experienced that. So, alhamdulillah, it is important. Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran that Rasulullah was the uswatun hasana, the best role model that you could ever get, right? So, it is something which is uh, prevalent, it's something that is important, and it's also part of our deen that we look up to, um, you know, we look up to the people who have done good and passed away on good. As Rasulullah has said that, ashabi uh, my companions are like stars, whichever one of them you choose to follow, you will be rightly guided.
So no person can say that I don't need to be guided, I don't need to have um, a role model or a mentor. Like I mentioned, that the key is choosing the right ones. Yeah. Mm. SubhanAllah. Now that Malima has established for us the importance um, for us and our children to have good role models, in Malima's opinion, uh, tell us more about you know how having the wrong mentors or role models can be harmful to us and our Iman. Tell us more on that, please. SubhanAllah. If we look at young children, right, um, they choose their role models based on their interests, okay? So if the child, you know, loves soccer, so SubhanAllah, that child will look towards that soccer star and would want to be like that person, okay? So now, um, that's why I mentioned earlier on that we need to be able to sift. And, okay, these are kids. How will we be able to sift what's right and what's wrong, which goes back to our upbringing of how we nurture these kids, how we give the tarbiyah to the children, right? So if the child looks up to the, to the, to the sportsman, to the soccer star, in, you know, in, in terms of him wanting to perfect his skill, amazing. But if the child is, you know, totally besotted with that sports and that soccer star, everything about him, then that can be a bit dangerous. So the simple reason that, um, you know, maybe there's, you know, maybe for example, drug abuse, humanizing, or whatever the case is. So the child will kind of think maybe that's normal. You know, if I become a soccer star, that comes with it. If I become a soccer star, I get all the girls, I get the money, I get, <laughs> subhanAllah, all of these things, right? Mm. So within that, there can be negative, um, negative traits as well. And then the hadith comes to mind as well, which is in something to the effect where you have people are categorized in four groups, right? So the one person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, gives him wealth and knowledge. And this person, subhanAllah, he uses, um, you know, his wealth in the path of Allah. He knows that Allah has a right in it. He, you know, he keeps up family ties. And, you know, so, mashallah, that person, like, gets, like, full marks. And you get the next person who Allah subhanAllah grants him um, uh, knowledge and no wealth. And he says that, Ya Allah, if I had wealth like the first person, I also could do as he's doing, building masajids, you know, feeding the poor, the needy and the hungry and so on. Then you have the third person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives this person um, uh, wealth but no knowledge. And he uses it in destruction. He, you know... Um, does not know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a right in this world and so on. And so, of course, he gets the end of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you get the last person who's the most unfortunate one, right? So this person, he is not given wealth and he's not given knowledge. And then he says, if I had all the, if I had the wealth like the person, the third person, I would use it in the way that he is using it. And this person sits in his house and he carries all the, the, the sins of the third person because he's wishing. If Allah Ta'ala had basically given him that, um, the wealth of the third person, he would also do the same thing, right? So I'm mentioning this hadith for the simple reason that, um, you know, sometimes kids would say, like, I wish if I had this, I would be like, <laughs> you know, like like, like that person. Uh-huh. So it's something we have to be very wary about, you know? And... Um, you aspire for khair, you aspire for goodness, but you don't aspire for the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So again, it goes back to who are you looking up to? 
you know mm-hmm. um if you say i want to be like abu zar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu or if you, you know whatever sahaba you take even you know somebody who passed away on khair and then inshallah because you you wishing to obey allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you want to have a good life you know make your parents happy make people around you happy inshallah allah will grant you that but when you aspire to be like someone who is disobedient to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that can never be a good thing So I think it's important for us to 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 guide children um to actually look up to people of khair and and, and goodness you know and it doesn't matter who that person may be but the condition is that that person must have passed away in on khair and on iman you know and not in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so I think we don't really teach these things we do we speak about it you know we just mm-hmm. um you know I love this person subhanallah but it's something to 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 think about and uh to aspire for for goodness rather than um you know like wishing to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know so gee may Allah make it easy for us all inshallah Amen ya rab amen amen that was that was very profound jazakumullah khair for that muallima when we're talking mm-hmm. about um those that are good for us good for our deen for our akhirah for our dunya how would muallima suggest that we go about assessing if those potential role models or mentors are good for us are there some things we need to look out for or certain questions we need to be asking so first of all i would say that you should be in sync with that person that you don't want to aspire to be like you know to the person who you're choosing to be your role model or your mentor and so on because um then there's not going to be any connection yes this person may have all of these wonderful character characteristics and so on and qualities but if you know you are not in sync with that person uh example that person doesn't get you when maybe you're, you're a humorous person and so on then it isn't really going to be a, a good connection right so you should you, you should be in sync with that person and also it's very important to ask ourselves this person trustworthy right mm-hmm. do they practice what they preach or are they just hanala just preaching and preaching but there's no sign of what they are teaching others mm-hmm. Are they confident? Are they confident or are they lacking that quality? Okay, because remember, we're looking up to someone to get guidance and to be the best version of ourselves. So you don't want someone who's not going to kind of stand out, you know? Uh somebody who's flexible, like um not too rigid. Okay? You'd also ask yourself um This, uh, does this person right the way of understanding and their beliefs are they in you know in, in line with yours are they respectful we know like if you know this person when you speak to others do they speak down to others are they respectful irrespective of who it is the janitors if it's the work on the street or if it's uh people of of uh of you know honor and respect it does is everyone treated the same or is there a difference okay and are they people who uh, who take accountability for their actions as well remember we all human beings we all make mistakes and then nobody is uh, you know um, no, nobody is safe from making mistakes basically but when they make those mistakes do they own them you know and are they able to apologize so these are things which um which we should ask ourselves because that's what makes us human right so um if somebody is going to come across as being subhanallah i don't know angelic in a sense where um it's impossible then that's mm-hmm. something that you should ask yourself because that that's impossible as well 
but if you see somebody who's 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 trying and um who's really fighting their nerves and as admits to their weakness that's somebody that i think that oh, you can say that no this person here is human subhanallah like me i make mistakes this person as well can make mistakes as well Okay, so I think um, these are relevant things to look at and and to ask ourselves these questions when we are ready to to actually take up that mental definitely. Well, you know, we come back to Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That was at the start where you reminded us how important it mentorship is, knowing that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was that uh, perfect, best, beautiful example. What are some of the lessons that we, as his ummah, can learn from mentoring through our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that we can use as mothers in our community? Subhanallah, there are endless examples. Allah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was this amazing being who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so kind to us as his ummah that he sent us the best of the best, Allah, right? Um, so I'll take little examples. We see um, there's an example when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu to, you know, to run an errand for him. And him being a child, you know, on the way he went and he met his friends and, you know, he forgot about what he was supposed to do. And when Rasulullah asked him, like, yeah, Anas, like, what's going on? But he didn't shout him. He was so patient with him, subhanAllah, you know. And there's so many examples where Nabi also never said um, a, a negative word to anyone. So that's the first thing, patience. Yeah, I think in this world, which is moving so fast and, you know, everything is so instant, um, subhanAllah, that's one thing which we are we are lacking in, is to be patient. So Rasulullah was the epitome of, of patience, subhanAllah. And then you look at another example of, of uh, self-worth, right? He made children feel so important, Ya Rab. You know, uh, growing up, we used to hear the term that children should be what's seen and not heard, you know? So we just should know that there are children there, but subhanAllah, that they shouldn't have a voice and so on. But Rasulullah, he was so kind, he made children feel important and special. There was also another incident of course, the, uh, uh, with regards to the brother of Anas anhu. So he had a little pigeon, and this bird that he liked so much, subhanAllah, passed away. And he saw him sad, and he said, Ya Abba Umair, ma fa'ala bin Nuray. Like, like, you know, he called him in a loving way, like, Oh, Abba Umair, like, what happened to your bird, you know? So, I mean, uh, instead of saying, oh, I mean, that's what happens, you know? There's things like life and death. I mean, why did you have a pet thing if you know you can't? You know, so it's so being negative, subhanAllah. He is Allah, he was to make people, and even children feel important, right? And um, another example is where he boosted the confidence of the youth. We look at Usama bin who was a youngster, and he made him to be the leader of um, of an expedition which was going out for jihad. And in that group were the greats like Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, subhanAllah. So Rasulullah gave chances to the youth. He gave chances to the youth. And I think that's what we should be doing as well. We should be ready to pass the baton on to the younger generation. But how can we ensure that they... Um, 
that they do it well. Because yes, the older generation, mashallah, they have the experience and they have the wisdom. So this wisdom should be passed on to the youth so that they can actually, you know, do better, inshallah, because the younger ones are more innovative and so on, and they have better ideas and so on. So we go back, really, we go back to the to the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we look at all of these incidents. Like I've mentioned patience, I've mentioned, you know, instilling self-worth, I've mentioned boosting the confidence of the youth. And that's exactly what is needed nowadays, inshallah. Inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us all, guide us in this direction. Ameen, ameen. Let's talk about our present day mu'alimah. For our young girls that are studying to become alimah, what would mu'alimah's advice be to them when they become mentors from the younger girls, for the younger girls? What would, because we know that... um, once someone studies the dean once fit and they are now part of the mentorship within that community or society and uh, they are seen as mentors what advice would muallima have for these younger girls please well actually this is something which is very special to my heart the part of when young animals when they graduate so it's like imagine being in this subhanallah um in a safe haven and then you are let out into the big bad world some are yeah. able to cope because perhaps they have strong support systems strong communities but not everyone is privileged in that way subhanallah right and um so because this is something which concerns me a lot and you know we've had incidents in the past in the past rather so we've come up with something called the alima mentorship program so that when the young girls finish madrasa they don't feel lost you know example something like making a cv you know um that's something which the mentorship program is for so when the young girls finish madrasa subhanallah um they should think to themselves that now they're in that position subhanallah people look up to them and they should think now, when I was a little girl, which person, like who did I want to see? Who, who was the person that I wanted to be there who was not there for me? So you need to be that person, Allah. If there wasn't, example, if maybe, um, uh, just say the people, the elders were maybe not approachable, well, then you've got to be that approachable person that the younger generation or the younger girls look up to, subhanAllah, right? And um, so it is important in terms of uh, how to live in your society, in your community, because again, you've been you've been in a safe place for four to five years, if not more, right? And then now you're coming out and things have changed and um, things which were acceptable then may not be acceptable now. And, and you know, things like that, subhanAllah. So my advice is, be the person who you wish was there for you when you were younger, you know, uh, in terms of being a listening ear, being somebody to guide and, and being of assistance, being helpful. Um, SubhanAllah, because just with knowledge, Allah subhanAllah gives you that that already. So Alhamdulillah, that, that, that honor is already there, right? So you have to be for others who, you know, in terms of who was not there for you. And... Um, and be kind, yeah, I think be kind, subhanAllah, be understanding. And of course, we always go back to the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, I always say, be humble. Wallahi, be humble. That is your, that, that's your way. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu told, told us that if you humble yourself, Allah subhanAllah will elevate you. 
So you just be humble and you be at the service of people, inshallah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take you to great heights. And I believe also to, you know, a person should always, you know, go back to the elders, go back to your teachers, keep that close connection with them. Because when, when we stop and we don't know what to do, you go back to those who have already walked your path and they will be the best people to guide you and assist you, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. at the time that this program is airing, it will be almost mid-December. Um, what advice would Mu'alima like to give, what nasiha would you like to give to those that have graduated this year, that have completed the Alima course? Uh, what advice would Mu'alima like to give to them, please? SubhanAllah. Um, I also have a student that's graduating. <laughs> so whatever I tell her is what I will uh, I, I will tell the others as well. Really keep the look, keep that connection with either your classmates, your your teachers, with your madrasa. Really keep that connection. As Mualima um, uh, mentioned that yes, we you know by mid December. Uh, everybody will be in that festive season now. It's Africa friends in that festive season, and it's crazy season as they call it. A lot of fitna, a lot of facade that's happening. And like I mentioned, people come from different areas. We have people who, mashallah, Allah subhanahu has taken out people from the informal settlements to become alima, to become the inheritors of the prophets, which means they come from very difficult and testing backgrounds. So in order not to be pulled in, because you find sometimes that you find these students, mashallah, they graduated, but they are the only Muslims, uh, let alone alimas in their homes and in their communities. So in order to maintain and to hold on to what they've learned, they've got to, you know, keep contact with, with like-minded people. SubhanAllah, it's so easy to get sucked in and to get pulled up because it's fun, you know. Everybody's enjoying themselves and you're the only one who is on your own and, and so on. So my advice would be to keep the al-look, keep the al-look, keep the al-look, SubhanAllah. And... Um, Really, we are here, right? Like I mentioned earlier, this is something very special to me. Like we are here, they can perhaps reach out if they need guidance in whatever way uh, possible that they'd like in terms of teaching, uh, you know, maybe getting a job or just how to continue from there. Because many times the students say that, you know, come January and everybody's going back to school and madrasa, they feel lost because there's no sense of belonging now. Before you were a student, you know, getting ready for madrasa, and now perhaps maybe you haven't um, gotten an opportunity to teach yet so you don't know where you are so i'm saying that the aluk is very important subhanallah and um yeah keep that connection and, and don't don't lose it inshallah so that's my my true and sincere advice i will give for our uh, you know our new graduates inshallah Mashallah, that's beautiful. And Malima, for those that wish um, to connect with yourself for your mentoring uh, services or for those who wish to have their children or themselves enrolled in your madrasa, what is the best way for them to contact you, please? Um, I think on my WhatsApp, I always say the whole of South Africa has my, <laughs> my WhatsApp number. Um, can I say it's on air? Can I mention that? Sure, sure. Yes, please, sure. All right, so it's zero seven three one five double seven two zero six. That's the best way and the easiest way to get in, in touch with me, inshallah. Inshallah. So, listeners, that is to contact Malima Hasina Ali, Ali directly. And remember also that if you um, 
uh, if it is that if it is regarding uh, madrasa madrasa hasin islam or if it is regarding uh, mentorship from uh, uh, if you have completed your anima studies and now are in that season where you are neither teaching nor a student at the moment then you can contact Ma'alima and see um, you know how, how the two of you can connect about this inshallah. Ma'alima we also find ourselves now at the end of the year schools madrasas closing and um, for many parents while it's a time to bond with their children it's also a time and, and you know they spend time together going out but you also mentioned the holiday time there is a lot of that fitna there is a lot of that all of those temptations um, the summer holidays, the dressing. It's not like when we're in Madrasa and, um, you know, there is that discipline, there is this routine, there's accountability. What advice, what nasiha would Mu'allima give to the parents of um, Madrasa students, whether they are in Maktab Madrasa or whether they are in the Anima programs? But just to parents of students, Islamic studies students in general, um, what is it that you Thing the parents need to hear as nasiha today because I know many of them would be so grateful to hear this. Subhanallah, um, that's a big one. <laughs> okay, so to the parents, I would say, you know, alhamdulillah, that for the whole year, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored your child to learn the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to walk in the footsteps of the Amiya alayhi salatu wasalam, which is to seek knowledge, right? Um, when your child was going to madrasa every day, they were in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were walking on the wings of malaika subhanallah. They had such a high uh, daraja, like a high level, a high ranking. Now, we don't want to destroy this in a matter of what? The holiday season? Right? So I believe that we as parents need to be conscious. I always tell the students as well that, Ya Allah, when the holidays are long, when the students come back, they are like a brand new page. You know, we're starting from zero, subhanAllah. Mm -hmm. And I would be switch on and switch off. You know, we are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ta all the time. We are aware of His uh, of, of His greatness and, and of our obedience to Him. So subhanAllah, we don't you know, choose to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then, you know, I want to obey him now because the child must just go to madrasa. No, the onus is on us to be parents who will keep our children on the straight and narrow, subhanAllah. I always tell my students, because I teach mostly teenagers, right? Mm -hmm. I say, uh, we need to understand something that even though you are teens, we need to come out of this mindset of saying that you are just, I'm just a child. No, in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are a full adult. Should Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know, take you at this 15, 16, 17 age of yours, you are not going, Allah is not going to say, no, ah, you, are, you are a child. No, we understand that once you reach the age of bulur, you are fully accountable. So let's not be taken away that I'm still a child. Yeah, outwardly or to the world, you may be a child, but to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are an adult and hundred percent accountable so yes parents does encourage our children to maintain all the greatness and all the hasana that they were doing throughout the year right and children also you you know what you were doing right you 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 believe what you were doing was correct reading your quran performing your salah keep that up really keep that up and i'm saying this also 
Yes, we're saying about the parents, but children also need to know this for the simple reason that, like I mentioned, some children don't come from uh, Muslim backgrounds. And you'll find it's the only person, subhanAllah, and we were students as well. You would find students in the madrasa who were the only Muslims in their families. But Allah made it easy for them in such a way that Allah made soften the hearts of the non-Muslim parents and send their children to become alimad, subhanAllah, right? So... So vote. Parents encourage your children to hate. And you also, student of Deen, maintain what you've learned. So it's, it's a both way thing. And we ask Allah Ta'ala for that istiqamah that, uh, Ya Rabbi, make it easy for us. Yes, the temptation is all around us and we can't do it on our own. Right? So that's why I keep on saying, keep at the aluk. So when you feel like you are falling and you're weak, you can reach out to, you know, to either your madrasa, madrasa meets your, your role model, your positive role model in your mentor. And then inshallah, they will be there to encourage you, you know, to, to hold on to what you've been learning throughout the year. Because I feel like so much of work, subhanAllah, so much of work was put in throughout the year. It can't just be discarded and thrown away for a matter of a month, two weeks, three weeks. So, yeah, may Allah make it easy for us all, inshallah. Ameen, Ameen. Jazakumullah khayr wa alimad. It was such beautiful nasiha. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept and may it inter- we internalize this in our hearts, all of us. Ameen, Ameen. Jazakumullah khayr wa for your time with us today, for taking us through this very crucial topic of role models and mentorship. It's really given us very a lot of clarity um, on, on the importance of role models and mentors um, and what to look up for in mentors and also taken us through back to our Mubarak Sirah as well. Jazakumullah khayr for inspiring and for uplifting us on this topic. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all your works of deen, all your khidmat to the deen. Mm-hmm. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you afiyah and may he use you for the service of the deen always. Ameen. Ameen, Ya Rabbul Alameen. And Jazakallah Khair once again for uh, having confidence in me that I could actually share a little of what I know. And uh, Jazakallah Khair for the opportunity. Jazakallah. Ameen. Such a pleasure and we look forward to connecting with you for future programs next year, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. On the, prog- on the program of mentorship and role models in Islam, our guest today, Alima and current student of Deen, founder and principal of Madrasa Hasinul Islam, Mu'allima Hasina Ali, on the topic of role models and mentorship. Alhamdulillah, beautiful topic, very relevant. We encourage you to play back to the podcast of the program and really sit down, make notes and look at the next year, the next academic year. If your academic year begins in January or if it's ongoing, depending where you are and what your school or madrasa setup is, really go in and look, look in for yourself, for your children, if you are the student yourself, and, and, and ask yourself, who are my role models? Who are my mentors in, 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 in this dunya? And are they helping me reach my akhirah? And really introspect and reflect on that. Uh, for many children who are brought up by technology, they're brought up by social media, um, then then those role models and those mentors will be people who are generally uh, with the, with the uh, dunya focus, the dunya lens. So we have to ask ourselves, do our children have real breathing role models and mentors in their midst who are focused on the akhirah? and helping them build a good life in the dunya to lead to that akhirah, that successful akhirah. 
And do they also have that knowledge? And are they continuously upgrading and learning more about the seerah so that their ultimate role model is always Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And do they know, are we encouraging our children to learn more about the Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in beyond just what they've learned in a young grade? As our children grow older, are we encouraging them? Are we making sure that their, their knowledge of Islamic history is strengthening and it's building? That is really our responsibility. We often place all the responsibility of our children's Islamic studies on their madrasa teachers, who they are with for maybe one and a half, two hours a day. And that, that really needs to begin in our home. So this December holiday or the long summer days, let's take this opportunity to sit down with our children. Let's sit as a family. Let's learn together. Let's 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 understand more about the lives of the Anbiya and the Sahaba and as parents, let us support our children to uh, to to draw that affinity that they have. You know, there may be a certain Sahabi that they that they 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 love even more so. Maybe there's something in that Sahabi that's similar that they see. Oh, I can resonate with that. Or oh, I have that quality. Or oh, I also have that interest. Get them to learn more about that Sahaba so that they can then, inshallah, develop this deeper love and reverence, respect, and inshallah have these beautiful role models uh, both for their time in the dunya and to prepare for that successful akhirah inshallah we go for an ad break and when we return our last words of reflection for the programs so do stay with us a warm welcome to Radio Islam, and this is our last segment of the hour. On this last segment, we do a short reflection as we prepare to conclude our program today with you, inshallah. And today, our reflection takes us to something that we all experience in life, and that is part of the reality of our time in the dunya. Today's reflection is entitled, Important Visitors. Patience visited me and it reminded me that good things take time to come to fruition and grow slowly with stability. Peace visited me and it reminded me that I may remain calm through the storms of life regardless of the chaos surrounding me. Hope visited me and it reminded me that better times lay ahead and it would always be there to guide and uplift me. Humility visited me, and it reminded me that I may achieve it not by trying to shrink myself and make myself less, but by focusing on serving the world and uplifting those around me. Kindness visited me, and it reminded me to be more gentle, forgiving, and compassionate towards myself and those surrounding me. Confidence visited me, and it reminded me to not conceal or suppress my gifts and talents in order to make others feel more comfortable, but to embrace what makes me, me. Focus visited me, and it reminded me that other people's insecurities and judgments about me are not my problem, and I should redirect my attention from others back to me. Freedom visited me, and it reminded me that no one has control over my mindset, thoughts, and well-being but me. Love visited me, and it reminded me that I need not search for it in others as it lies within me. 
Subhanallah. So these are visitors that visit us at all times throughout the different seasons of our lives. And what's so important is for us to recognize and to reflect upon this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that draw lessons from our experiences and our seasons in life. Rumi was once asked, what do you gain from praying to Allah regularly? He replied, usually I don't earn things, but rather I lose certain things. And he quoted everything he lost praying to God regularly. I lost my pride. I lost my arrogance. I lost my anger. I lost my stress. I lost greed. I lost the pleasure of lying. I lost the taste of sin. I lost the impatience. I lost despair and discouragement. Sometimes we pray not to gain something, but to lose things that don't allow us to grow personally and spiritually. Salah, prayer, educates, strengthens, and it heals. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this understanding and may salah be that coolness and comfort to us and may it be that we are those who respond to the adhan and pray our five daily salah awwal waqt. Ameen. For those of us who are struggling to do so, make the intention. Talk to Allah and ask Him to make this easy. And set the intention, make the effort to read each of your salah in the awwal waqt, inshaAllah. That brings us to the close of another edition of the program. It's been wonderful having your company for today's program. And we thank our guests on today's program earlier, Mu'allima Hasina Ali. We come to the close of the program and a gentle reminder, we'd love to hear from you, your ideas for topics or guests that you would like us to feature on future programs next year. Drop us an email, hana at radioislamlive.com. We'd love to hear your recommendations. Until we meet again next week, keep us all in your du'as and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.